Welcome to my vagina. This is Jesse Karen. And this is Rebecca Frank. And here we are again, having our current historical, hysterical, and infuriating conversation about our lives as vagina-having organisms. All content made up on the spot, but probably researched. Just kidding, fools. It's definitely researched. First off, thanks to our newest donors, Megan, Francesca, and another another anonymous donor. I'm not sure if he wants his name to be said, but he gave us a really great um, donation. I kind of want to tell the story, actually. Go for it. Um, I have a regular at my bar who was asking me about my podcast. I had told him about it, and he was like, I listened, and he was like, I really want to... I really want to donate because as, as, as much as I want my daughter to come to me with all of the issues that she needs to, realistically, she won't. And so I want her, I want to give her the tools to empower her. And I think your show does that. And then I cried and he almost didn't donate. I'm <laughs> 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 just kidding. <laughs> oh, yay. Um, thank you so much for all the donations that like meant the world to us. The fact that he was like my six-year-old daughter, I want to empower her made me like, I'm, I'm gonna tear up now. <laughs> yeah, and just and just so you all know, we we like put all this money to work. You know, we're trying to get merch going. We want to put more content out down the line. So it's like we're not just lining up pockets with all this money. True. You know. Yeah, we're not taking any of it. <laughs> yeah, we're just we're putting it all back in. So you could, through your green, be a part of the magic. Yeah, be a part of the magic. Do it. So I'm trying to make up. 10 years of orgasm debt right now, which means that as soon as we finish filming this, I am going to go masturbate. Okay. Uh, So today we are going to talk to Molly, who had a really awesome show called I'm Coming. I'm sorry. Had a really awesome show called I'm Not Coming because she couldn't come. (laughs) We went to the follow-up show. We did. We came. We went. We came. (laughs) We went to the follow-up show called I Came because she came, which was so exciting. Oh, yeah, it's I'm called I'm Coming. Yeah, I'm Coming, and it used to be called Molly Brenner is Not Coming. Yeah. Yeah, and now Molly Brenner came. Came. She came. She came. Which is great. Yeah. Um, she also talks about a condition called vaginismus, so in addition to the interview, we're going to give you a little bit of education. Yeah, about vaginismus. Yeah. Rhymes with Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Molly, tell us about your show. Yeah, so my show is called I'm Coming, and... Um, it is, so it actually there was a prequel version called Molly Brenner is not coming mm-hmm. um, because I when I turned twenty eight I had never had an orgasm and so obviously I wrote a show about it <laughs> I wrote a comedy yeah. show about it it was the only option um, and that show was like such a great experience um, and I you know I had originally only planned on putting it up one time and then kind of moving on and then I quickly realized that I wanted to um, keep growing it and that it was a really big passion project. Um, And then I had an orgasm. Yeah, Uh, you did. (laughs) Yeah, I did. Um, And I was like, okay, I got to rewrite my show or I have to write the sequel. Um, And so now my show is called I'm Coming. I took my full name out of the show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Somehow it never occurred to me to not put my full name in the title (laughs) of the show. (laughs) um so yeah now it's called i'm coming um and it's more more like a full hour now the previous version was a little shorter and oh okay um and now it's it's an hour-long show and tells the the story 
leading up to my orgasm. I mean, that makes sense to me that it would be shorter had you like not yeah. knowing what an <laughs> orgasm. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like um, it's almost not obvious that you would make a show about it because I feel like that's pretty bold actually to do, like especially in our society to talk about having or not having an orgasm, you know? Yeah, I would say actually the not having, yeah. like the like mm-hmm. the ownership of that particular part of it because I think that there's such a... Uh, stigma placed on um different experiences of sex or like you know like not getting it in Mm -hmm. quotations um and all this kind of stuff and I feel like there's like a shaming associated with it I don't know if you experienced any of that after the first show like what your feedback was like yeah well fortunately like in response to the show I've I've really only ever received like supportive positive feedback which is that's fantastic um yeah that so that's been really I mean I've definitely had reactions I I think the biggest the maybe the most negative reaction I've ever gotten is just like people who clearly like would not want to write their own show about their sex life (laughs) like people were like wow like that's a lot to share um and which is fine because like great thing about life is like you don't have to write a show about your sex life if you don't want to your Uh, choice (laughs) yeah it is your choice um but I I have really enjoyed doing this show um but yeah it it is weird like before I had one it took me a really long time to even talk about it with friends and like with people I knew because I did feel weirdly ashamed of the fact that I hadn't had an orgasm Mm. which is so sad because it's like it's only for you like it's only your pleasure so like why why would you be ashamed of it but for some yeah for some reason there is kind of stigma there yeah that was the thing that struck me because um jesse and i saw the show it was fantastic that was one of the thing that things that really struck me is is like being open being open with your sex life in general can be hard but i think uh there's like the idea that people who that there's like people who don't talk about it and people who really talk about it and there's mm-hmm. a real underrepresentation of the people in the middle. Yeah, that's such a good point that like there are people who they're like the ask me anything people and then the like <laughs> the like quote repressed people um like obviously not, not yeah, yeah not necessarily repressed not true, yeah. um but there should there should be with everything like gradients right. on how people want and should and could like however it feels comfortable to you to talk about it right yeah, you know? exactly yeah um i do find that like the show has <laughs> people always feel more comfortable asking me about this stuff and asking me personal questions because i've written this show about um about my sex life and it it is kind of like been an interesting adventure in like finding the line and like (laughs) (laughs) boundaries yeah finding boundaries but also it's been I feel like it's like brought up more conversation Mm -hmm. in general in my life which has been really nice I love talking about sex I love details I love to like talk about it but in those moments of intimacy it is still ingrained in me that it is more important for that person to have a good time than me yeah I relate to that so much and like for, I don't know how you experience it, but, like, for me, I experience it as this, like, feminine, like, need to please others. Yes. That it's, like, that women are more likely to get socialized, like, need to please other people. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, when I get in bed with someone, I'm, like, please like me. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, like, I just need you to come. And then, yeah. like. And then it's fine. Yeah. Right. And the other thing is, like, I think that there's also this narrative of, like, 
if the dude doesn't come, it's a failure on the woman's part. And if the woman yeah. doesn't come, then whatever, we don't come all the time anyways. Right. Yeah, it's like, well, she was a crapshoot anyway. So yeah. <laughs> like that it's like extra credit to make <laughs> the woman come. Well, because right. there's like yeah. this idea that like women don't enjoy sex, which is fucking mind boggling to me. Mm-hmm. Or that, yeah, we can't orgasm as much. It's just that we haven't been taught either about our own bodies or the other person hasn't been taught about our bodies. And so like there's this disconnect. Yeah. And like, oh, well, it's too complicated, so fuck it. Yeah, I'm just going to jackhammer over here for yeah. a while. Yeah. Fuck off. Oh, I know those jackhammers. God, it's the worst. Oh, man. It's the worst. But the thing is, is with jackhammers, I just like grin and bear it for the yeah. most part, which is terrible. I know. I know. It's like I don't want to like cause a stir. Yes. Which is yeah. so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I think we're just coming to that in society where we're like, it's not. A, it shouldn't hurt. It yeah, should, it yeah. should not hurt. Yeah, it shouldn't feel like they're trying to drill a new fucking sewer. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I always think about. I'm like, another butthole? Yeah, I'm like, the fuck are you doing in there? Like, what are you trying to achieve? For fuck's sake. Um, so what was your original, like, you know, like what was kind of what was like the motivation behind it? It kind of, so I, it was always in the back of my mind, like that I wanted to talk about how I'd never had an orgasm because it always felt like, it always felt like my thing, like my like journey or my like white whale. In life. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just kind of like, but I, but I felt like it was too personal to take to an open mic, like, mm-hmm. especially a lot of the very like male dominated mm-hmm. mics yeah. that I was going to. And I was just like, everyone's going to make fun of me or like, they're all just going to shout like, let me make you come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that I, I can oh imagine God. the heckling yeah. and like the afterwards comments that would come yeah. up. I wouldn't want to walk into like through that minefield at all. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. feel safe at all. Yeah. Um, I want I want you to talk to me a little bit about vaginis- vaginismus. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you and me have the same joke. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's what true. It? It's true. Um, we did a podcast about endometriosis and uh, I had never heard of vaginismus and she said vaginismus and I was like oh my god that sounds like a vagina holiday like like I want to set up a tree and put ornaments on it for vaginismus (laughs) so your Santa Claus was true to my heart (laughs) yeah I mean it does yeah like it does sound a lot like Christmas yeah Props, I, they props make it sound us. so fun and it's not, <laughs> not fun. fun. No, it is not, <laughs> not, not um, fun. So, um, wait, do people know what vaginismus is? Tell them. Okay. Tell, please tell okay. them. Yes. So, Remind them. Yes. There are, can never be enough reminders. Exactly. I, the world needs to know about vaginismus. <laughs> That's something this show has really like brought to my attention. It's like... Just pe- everyone needs to know that vaginismus exists. Yeah, we haven't we, focused on it at all. Yeah, and we honestly just learned again because we had this woman Sarah Quinn on talking about, and we were both like, "What?" Yeah. You know, totally missed it. I wish vaginist it. <laughs> vaginist it. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so yeah, it's like a. It is basically a spasm of the vaginal muscles. What like when something tries to penetrate your vagina, you have a muscle spasm and. It can't go in. Thou shall not pass. Oh, thou shall not pass. Thou yeah. shall not pass. That, That's what I was trying to. <laughs> I like to think that whoever wrote that line had vaginismus. <laughs> Does it feel like a wall? Like it's like it feels like that. To me, it... because if that's what it is, I think I had it. <laughs> I feel like there's a whole spectrum of vaginismus. Because yeah. even I think even some people who like don't have it yeah. will have times when like nothing can go in there to me I, the way I experienced it was like my body was like afraid of penetration like because I 
I don't know what vaginismus is like for other people, but like uh, since uh, as long as I can remember, like the idea of something going in there was terrible to me. It was like yeah. even like thinking about thinking about using tampon, which I talk about in the show that like mm-hmm. as soon as I learned I had vaginismus, I was like, well, this definitely checks out because like yeah. I always hated the idea of tampons like I couldn't believe that other people were using them. I was like, I can't believe they even like manufacture these. <laughs> yeah, I was like, who wants to <laughs> who would who wants to do this? this? Yeah, like, who, who manufactures these torture devices? And people right? always be like, pads are so gross, and I'd be like, but they're better than the alternative. Yeah, <laughs> which is like mm-hmm. a nightmare. Um, but yeah, like I just always hated the idea of something going in there. Mm-hmm. But then and then when I started kind of like having sexual experiences with people it kind of like slowly like revealed that it was a problem because I would always like, I would never let anyone touch my vagina. Okay. And then like, and is it like you didn't want to, or you were like, this is going to hurt. So like, it was like, I just couldn't even deal with that whole area. Okay. Like they would, they would like touch me down there. And I just like was so uncomfortable. Like it was just like, yeah, I just like couldn't deal with it. I was mm-hmm. so uncomfortable with your the whole vagina. Like, got in your head. <laughs> no, seriously, because yeah. yeah, it's like the a wandering combination. Vagina. The wandering vagina. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know this idea that that uh, that your muscles would contract like that and mm-hmm. and make it so uncomfortable, and then like the almost like the fear of it, right, would like yeah. feed into it even more, and it ends up being this like weird loop. Yeah, because I didn't like I didn't even want to look at pictures of vaginas like really? oh, wow. yeah like and people were like you should use a mirror down there and i would be like mm, no. <laughs> like crazy like remember <laughs> super bad when jonah hill's character is like have you seen a vagina <laughs> he <laughs> like asked somebody that, else yeah he like no. asked the michael Sarah character oh <laughs> and like and like that was me. Like I was just like, like, oh, and, no. I think, and I think it's because of my vaginismus. It's like I didn't want anything in there, and then it just kind of like killed the whole area. Yeah, for me. I mean, I'm sure it's vaginismus, but I also like. I mean, even me growing up, I feel like I was like, I don't, I'm not gonna look at that. Like it was yeah. taught, it was taught to me that it was not a pretty thing. Like it took me years to be like, oh, this is something that I want to, I want to know my body. I want mm-hmm. to look at it. I want, you know, like it, it took. It was a journey. <laughs> yeah. Because we're taught that it's gross. That's yeah. why there's labiaplasty. That's why there's mm-hmm. vulva shame. That's why people in movies like super bad are like, have you seen a vagina? Oh, God, yeah. no. You know? Yeah. I know. It's like, yeah, don't don't write jokes like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you when I got diagnosed with it, it was like such a huge relief to know that it was a condition that had a name. But it's like, I really wish that I had known that it existed so yeah. I could have been maybe like self-diagnosed or something or been yeah, aware yeah. that it was a thing but I was just like I earlier kept think- on yeah I kept thinking I would get aroused enough at yeah. one point and it would kind of go away but then I was like oh this is a condition and it has a name yeah um, and it also makes you feel like it's you and like there's something wrong and it's not it's a condition that like nobody fucking talks about yeah yeah and yeah. surprise surprise it's a condition that affects women yeah (laughs) which is a theme that just keeps coming up for some reason and I don't understand why (laughs) luckily this show has like brought me to so many like it has helped me meet so many other people who have it like made me aware of so many more resources resources out there for people with vaginismus but like when I I it's been like years post dealing with it that that has happened probably partially because I was avoiding 
dealing with it while right. I still really had it. But yeah, I never met anyone else who had it. Yeah. While I was dealing that with it. That you knew of. That I knew of. Yeah. That's most of women's conditions like mm-hmm. endometriosis. I just found out that that runs in my family because we did an episode on it with somebody else. And it's been years I've been asking that question like, do I have it? Because my my periods are so incredibly painful. Yeah. And like one gynecologist in all the years I've been getting pap smears was like, you might have this thing. Endometriosis is like one in 10 women have it and it takes what, like a, eight years, I think, yeah, generally an as an average to, for for doctors to uh, diagnose it. And usually it's, it's partially due to the women doing a certain amount of work themselves, like background research and finding the right doctors and yeah. all that kind of stuff who will actually believe women's pain so how did they how were you diagnosed with vaginismus 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 um so i i'm trying to remember the exact order of events i know that there was kind of like as i tried hooking up with more people and it kept being an issue or like time kept passing where i was not letting anyone near my vagina and i was like i'm starting to think this is a thing and then i I graduated college and I like found a doctor in Boston, um, like a primary care doctor. And she was like, oh, you're due for a pap smear. And I kind of knew what that was. I had never had one, but I knew that it involved going in your vagina. Mm -hmm. But I just I didn't quite know what it was. Um, But I was like, oh, okay, Yeah, I guess (laughs) let's do it. And I was really upset and like really scared. She tried to do it and just like nothing yeah i would not let her in and she she kept going relax oh my god and she was so um like not kind about like yeah not, she was not helping me relax and was like very she was like annoyed at me for yeah. not letting her complete it and but she, luckily she was like so you might need you might have vaginismus like i think and so she referred me to a gynecologist um, Thanks for the compassion, asshole. Yeah, like, right? if you like were the person who were like, you might have diag- uh, vaginismus, then like, why would you be? So- oh God, why would you I be know. so inconsiderate, knowing that you're in pain? And it's like, I'm not trying to fail at this. Yeah, I was yeah. like, clearly, I want to like get this over with and leave. Yeah, yeah. And leave you. Get some taco <laughs> bell. Yeah, the that fuck woman- away from you. Yeah, that woman sucked. Um, but I. Uh, Luckily, she referred me to a great gynecologist who was very, like, warm and oh, kind good. about it. Um, but she, when I went to see her and I was like, I couldn't complete a pap smear. Like, she thinks I might have vaginismus. She's like, okay, like, we are going to do a pap smear. And I was like, no. I was not hoping this would be the first <laughs> defense like- <laughs> against vaginismus. <laughs> I hate you now. Yeah. I was like, are you sure there isn't like 12 steps gradually leading up to the right. smear? <laughs> but she was able to, like, I think that like, pe- I know that nurses had to hold my hands at that gynecologist for something. I think it, yeah, but I was able to complete the pap smear. It was a nightmare. I think I cried. Like, Aww. it was horrible. And then... Pap smears are never fun, and I can't no. imagine with, like, a condition like that that it would be... Yeah, well, it's like, it's it's your worst nightmare. Like, yeah. if you have vaginismus, it's like, that's your worst nightmare. Yeah. Um, But then she was like, yeah, try using dilators. Um, mm-hmm. So I ordered I ordered a set of dilators. Can you explain what these dilators are? Yeah, they're like these plastic things that 
fit inside your vagina and they like come in this set of graduating sizes so they kind of like ease your vagina into penetration mm-hmm. um in my show i describe them as like a set of russian dolls for your vagina <laughs> so funny <laughs> i kept thinking about uh like ear spacers oh. like to stretch out for like yeah it's larger like gauged that. earrings but for your vagina. yeah that's what i was thinking about i was like whoa yeah it's like a gradual <laughs> that sounds about right yeah yeah are they shaped like a circle what are they shaped like they're like like a space like a rocket ship <laughs> like a- that's so fun it's like little cylinders and they go oh, from like yeah, this big sense. and up up and up they have like a little platform on the bottom of them yeah yeah and it goes from like what like a half an inch up to like it goes it starts at like tampon size like and, the small ones yeah and then it goes up to pretty big size. yeah i think unnecessarily big. <laughs> i say don't worry about completing the last one <laughs> so you my, did you said I you did. did you did i did do it i i'm also a perfectionist so i was like i'm well also i, was, I will get this yeah, baby I was like, i'll get this one in. also i was i wanted to have penetrative sex with a man and so i was like the only way i'm gonna be confident I can do that is if I get this. That's fair. Big one. Yeah. (laughs) Like overachieve. Yeah. Yeah. So whoever you meet. Yeah. You're prepared. (laughs) You're prepared. Yeah. Prepare for the worst. Hope for the best. I'm so curious what your your experience with like men when you couldn't. Yeah. When I couldn't do it. Yeah. Well. People. Hmm. So one guy was kind of like part of me figuring out there was a problem Mm -hmm. because he was like, things are really tight down. (laughs) He he said like, that's not how it should be. Right. And that's when I kind of was like, okay. Because I I was like very attracted to him. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, like this just like isn't working. Like I want it to work and it's just like not working. Um. I do kind of want – there's no way to really know because no one ever said, like, oh, because you can't have sex, I am breaking up with you. But, like, I do kind of wonder looking back if it did lead to mm-hmm. some people kind of, like, losing interest or being yeah. – it was just so stressful being, like it, – it really kind of, like, disrupted dating in my early 20s because I was, like, I wanted to be dating someone, but I was, like, there's going to come a time when, like – Mm-hmm. It's going to be revealed that, like, yeah. this isn't going to, like, penetrative sex is not going to work. And it wasn't just that, like, penetrative sex wasn't going to work. It was, like, I hadn't had an orgasm. I had never really masturbated. I didn't, like, nothing felt, like, nothing was pleasurable right. that was going on. And, like, I didn't know what I wanted. And I, like, in my show, I talk about wanting to have rom-com sex, which is, like, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to, like, make out, take off clothes. And then, like, we wake up and go to brunch the next day. And, like, I always <laughs> hoped I would meet someone who was who wanted to do that. Right. Too. but it didn't really work um you said that you were uncomfortable with um like a lot of people going down there were you also uncomfortable yourself masturbating yeah okay I like I didn't masturbate I think until like much later than than a lot of people you'd be surprised (laughs) yeah no yeah maybe Maybe that's not true. Yeah. But I, I I think I started kind of trying to do it when I was like 25. Okay. Um, and it really, yeah, it's like there was nothing. I was always intellectually like very sex positive. But it was mm-hmm. just like I couldn't deal with that area for a really long time. And then like 
I never liked the way my clitoris felt Mm -hmm. like touching it directly just like didn't feel good but I like thought that that's that was the only way yeah (laughs) Yeah. no I get that because that's how I feel a lot of times yeah like because because I had never had an orgasm so I was Mm -hmm. like let me try the things that work for most people yeah so that that's really where I started and people you know like a lot of sites are like try like touching your clitoris yeah. and like rubbing mm-hmm. your clitoris and I really didn't like the feeling of it but and I'd be kind of, I'd be kind of like doing it and have this look on my face and just like <laughs> why <laughs> like, and, but I but like I didn't know like when you haven't had an orgasm you have no idea like what how to feeling, get that baby started yeah what feelings you're looking for like what sensations you're looking mm-hmm. for like I was in the dark and I was just a little avoidant, I think, of yeah. like th- something wasn't quite clicking for me, which is why I kept trying things that weren't working. Yeah. Um. But I, like it took me so long to realize like you're looking for something that feels good and like keep doing that. Like yeah. mm-hmm. I spent a really long time being like. This is what they're telling me to do. Yeah, this is what they're telling me mm-hmm. to do. I'm going to push through it until an orgasm, like, hits me out of nowhere. Right. And, like... <laughs> so less exploration, more recipe yeah, kind of yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Perfectionist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what they said to do. These yeah, are the steps, this is and I will now follow yeah. them. <laughs> and I, like, bought all these different vibrators. Like, those never felt that good. Mm-hmm. Like... But you came. I came. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. so happy for you when that part of your show came up. <laughs> yeah, I know now it has a happy ending. Yeah. I know. Yeah, how did it end before? <laughs> it it <laughs> ended. On, yeah. I know. Yeah, now I'm like, oh that the previous show like doesn't get to have a happy ending. Um but <laughs> it's open ended. That's it, <laughs> funny. So I mean I've always like worked. <laughs> Like, it's always been, like, a comedy show. So even though it was about how I hadn't had an orgasm, like, I really wanted to, like, you know, find the moments of laughter and mm-hmm. the story and, like, really make light of it. Like, that's just, like, how I process things is, like, finding the funny in them. Yeah. Um, so it was always it was always fun <laughs> for me. Um, but, yeah, it kind of – but then I kind of, like, ended on my my hope for an orgasm. Okay. Um, like hopes and dreams. My hopes and dreams for an Aww. orgasm. Hopes and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah. That's my earnest for my hope for an orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I, can can you. you tell us where to where to find you? Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Molly underscore Brenner and on Twitter at Molly Green Giant. <laughs> green's my favorite color that's um, fantastic and um my website is mollybrennercomedy.com where you can watch my web series human resources it's about a human resources manager who writes <laughs> porn um, <laughs> i love sex <laughs> oh, there sex might be some comedy here. content i uh perform in this monthly show called boogie manja at, is that? it's at the pit okay. in oh, cool. new york city um and it's a, a monthly sketch show. Cool. Um, well, I'm glad you got yours. Yeah. <laughs> Was it you that gave it? Got it? Yeah, I gave. I okay. gave me Has, mine. Have anybody else? No. Oh, that's, that's, so that's the, the next third show. show. That's the next show. Interesting. It's a trilogy, like yeah. Star Wars. Has anyone tried? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Many people. <laughs> many people have tried. <laughs> that's a weird question, but <laughs> well, like over time. Yeah, over time, many many people. Have but yeah. I feel like they all I don't have know. fallen. I think this this could be a good year because now I have I'm armed with information Ooh. about how to 
how to make it happen. Yeah. Whereas before, <laughs> yeah. I was like, eh, well, we can try. Good luck. <laughs> All right, you chipmunks, ready to sing your song? I say we are. Yeah, let's sing it now. Okay, Simon. Okay. Okay, Theodore. Okay. Okay, Alvin. Alvin. Vaginismus is a condition that affects vaginas around Christmas time. Vaginas <laughs> all around the world. <laughs> Only at Christmas. No gifts for you. No sex for you. <laughs> um, so yeah, so vaginismus is a condition that it actually is a condition that is generally thought to affect uh, every two in 1,000 women. Um, but it's hard to know for sure because many women are too ashamed or scared to seek treatment and are often misdiagnosed when they do. So... Molly did bring it up, but in medical terms, it's the involuntary contraction of muscles around the opening of the vagina with no genital abnormalities, resulting in difficult penetrative sexual intercourse. Um, but it's also more complex than that. It's not like just P in the V sex. It's also painful in other ways. It's hard to put tampons in. Every person with vaginismus has a different experience with it. Yeah, and and they've also, as with a lot of other diseases that or conditions that affect uterus havers, um, they've, they've kind of gone back and forth as to whether it's a physical or a psychological condition mm -hmm. and now say that it's somewhere in the middle that it could be, you know, due to anxiety or a past trauma or a negative emotion towards sex, which could be the result of our poor sex education system mm -hmm. and our misogynist culture that tells women that we're dirty and disgusting and that sex is bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's also interesting because every, like everywhere you look, on the stuff that I was researching was the main idea is that it's due to sexual trauma, but it, it can be the idea of the expectation of sex being traumatic, which oh, makes okay. sense because if you think about that in our society in general um, and how we view virginity or how I, I remember being told constantly that it was going to hurt, that it was going to be painful. Oh, yeah. And so I can see how that would cause like pre-trauma. Yeah. I mean, think about the visuals of popping a cherry. Yeah. It's very violent. Yeah. I think I knew in theory that sex was going to be good, but that you had to work up to it. And I'm, I also feel like that is like, we always talk here is sex education that where there's no pleasure based education. And I don't feel like it should have to hurt the first time. Yeah. I mean, I think so much of it is because, so first of all, like people with penises are expecting and told that they will enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And, and like, we have to learn how to, yeah. you know, and, and, and if the if yeah, if the narrative wasn't that it's going to hurt, it's going to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And if everyone was like, maybe it's going to be weird the first time. Let's try it slow. Let's see if and if like yeah. it, if the if the focus was on shared pleasure was on each person getting pleasure out of it, right. the approach would be different. And it wouldn't be this like, I just got to get it in there. Right. You know? And there's got to be a way to work up to that, too. You mm -hmm. know, one finger, two fingers. Yeah. <laughs> like, work with it here. Yeah. Um, and like, but it's give, a give your girl some time to lubricate. Yeah. Or use saying. lube. As usual, it's a lack of knowledge and a disregard for women's pleasure. Again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I mean, vaginismus can be a lot of things. And I assume that most, a lot of women out there dealing with this condition aren't even aware of it because it's not recognized as a medical condition in the first place for the most part. And the stigma that you were talking about surrounding sex and that vaginas are dirty. And if you can't talk to your family or friends, how are you going to have the courage to bring it up in front of your gyno or your general protect practitioner? Yeah. You know? And I think a lot of, I think that a lot of people, even though this is relatively common, it's not 
from what I understood, from what I read, it doesn't seem like a uh, like it's part of rote training. It's not like you go to medical school and you learn about vaginismus. So I read a couple of stories of women that have experienced this and they've all been like, I wish. And this was kind of one of the things that Molly said and why her show is so important is I wish that this that I knew that this existed. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had to spend so much fucking time trying to figure out what was going on. But yeah. when I Googled all of these things, I figured out that vaginismus is what it was. Yeah. You know, it's like if we actually were more open and would speak about these kind of things, people wouldn't have to go years and feel all this shame yeah. trying to figure out what was going on because it's it's very curable. Yeah. And yeah, it what was like 95 percent. I saw mm -hmm. somewhere that 95 percent of it is uh, easily treatable. Um, but considering that we're constantly underfunding women's health and valuing women's pain in the medical profession, I, I feel like it's also super re-traumatizing to keep going back to the doctor who may not believe you or the spe I'm a, I'm traumatized by the speculum. Like there's yeah. got to be a better tool for that. God, even the name is horrible. Speculum. It's yeah. A terrible name. Exactly. I think that was one of the things I kept seeing for a lot of accounts about vaginismus, like just going a, go undergoing a, a regular gynecological Wow, so many big words for me. <laughs> Exam is super painful and sometimes really impossible. Yeah, and I also read this story and it kind of brought me back to, I know we bring this up all the time, but it brought me back to the interview that we did with Sarah Quinn where this Always. person was like, oh, if you're having trouble, if you're if it's painful to have sex, drink some wine. I know. I, I was thinking that. I was like, I can't bring that up again, but it's all I think about when her gynecologist was like, oh, you can't put a tampon in, uh, have a glass of wine. Yeah. What? Yeah. And I read someone said this, like I read a story in Slate or something like that. And a doctor also said that to this woman who was having a hard time. She's like, oh, just have a glass of wine. Just yeah. relax. Yeah. It's all in your head. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah, there is a psychological, a psychological component to it. But when you start making people feel crazy, mm -hmm. then then it it actually like reinforces some of the things that are going on. So there's two different ways that I, I learned two different types of vaginismus. There's the primary mm -hmm. vaginismus and secondary vaginismus. So primary refers to the pain associated um, with or the inability to tolerate insertion upon first attempt. So if you think about when you go through puberty, when you first start your period or when you first become um, more like sexually curious. So when you first start using a tampon or a finger. So that's primary vaginismus. Secondary is a condition that's developed later in life. So that could be due to gynecological cancers, to menopause, or to some sort of trauma that happens. Mm -hmm. So you don't necessarily always have it. There are some women who don't experience it until they're in their 20s or 30s right. or later. Yeah, I mean, it also said there was some other like causes that seem aside, like general ones, like sensitive nerve, inflammation or injury, pelvic inflammatory disease, and again, childbirth. Yeah. God, it makes me feel like vaginismus is just like hiding around the corner. Like it could be. Yeah. Like I'm going to turn the corner and be like, oh, vaginismus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's the Baba Duke. Um, anyway, so <laughs> moving along, I also learned that vaginismus can be confused with vulvar vestibulitis, mm -hmm. which is pain or irritation that occurs in the area of the vulva near the opening of the vagina. Um, the intritus. What? The intritus. Intritus? I just, I found that word today. I was, <laughs> let me make sure. I'm right. Brought to you by the letter I. Or is it an E? Uh, it's I-N-T-R-O-I-T-U-S. It's the opening that leads to the vaginal canal. Wow. Yeah. Learn something new every day. <laughs> um, this is the same thing like that we just don't know enough about women's bodies. So this is a pain or irritation Never. that occurs in the area of the vulva near the opening of the vagina. Um, and the, the inflammation associated oftentimes isn't noticed until penetration. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when people figure out what it is. It can also be confused with 
atrophic vaginitis. That does not sound fun. No, I don't think that the word atrophy should be used when we're talking about genitals. It's just, that's like <laughs> a shame. personal thing. <laughs> we'll talk about shame. It's yeah. like, your vagina is dead. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. terrible. <laughs> it, yeah, that is, yeah. Um, but atrophic vaginitis mm. occurs following menopause when there's a, a lower mm. level of estrogen in the vagina, which can cause a lack of lubrication and pain and discomfort. And also yeah. like your clitoris changes size, so it can be harder to orgasm and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but vaginismus is, isn't something that you can see. It's voluntary. It's involuntary. And like people can be with their partners and they're clearly attracted to them or aroused and they trust them wholly. And it's still out of their control because that's something we haven't delved into and it is a combination of like mental and physical Mm -hmm. depending on who it is yeah absolutely and as again with endometriosis if you know the cause the treatment can be a lot easier but the cause is can be sexual trauma or some other instrumental trauma but it doesn't always have to be which is an even harder thing yeah I feel like to figure out yeah and there's also in addition to all the stuff that we're talking about there's an idea and pressure that it's something that you have to do Um, Which and Mm -hmm. like sex isn't necessarily the main priority for everyone. Mm -hmm. And if you can't do it, then you've failed somehow sexually as a woman. It's something that I feel like most women and I'm sure other non-binary folk feel that it's needed to fulfill you even if you don't necessarily enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Or if it causes you anxiety or it's just not, like Jesse said, it's just not a priority. Yeah. And there, there was a woman I was listening to her on YouTube who has vaginismus and she was talking about how... um. She feels lucky that she's queer because she has a different relationship with sex and ha- and vaginismus and how in the LGBT community, when you're dealing with two people who don't have the expectation of the main event in bed that somebody is like putting a body part in you, there has a tendency to be a conversation about what you are and are not comfortable with, which mm-hmm. I feel like is really missing in straight culture yeah. a lot. Um, and what body parts they're comfortable having touched and not touched and the open communication can be like, I don't want anything in my vagina. And they're like, cool, dope. There's so many other things that you can do. Yeah. Get creative. Yeah. And that instead of feeling like a tip ticking time bomb that like, if we don't fix this thing about us, that we won't be loved because your destiny isn't to stick a penis in your vagina. Yeah. And I mean, you know, also think about if, if like, if we go with the with the theory that um, vaginismus can be at least partially caused by a misogynist culture and this feeling of being like dirty and existing for the pleasure of other people, then it would follow that sex would cause more anxiety, which would cause more muscle contractions. It, It sucks because I don't think that that level of like sexual performance anxiety should be such a prevalent thing in our society. Yeah, You shouldn't have to worry that hard about it. Like it's great for a lot of people. But there's already so much stuff to stress out about. Sex should be pleasurable. And if you either want to find a way that works for you to, to, to manage that so that that's something that you can bring into your life or if it's just if you're not that into it, it doesn't make you less than. Yeah, but they don't really show dick going in, which is a huge concern. I didn't realize that. Plus, have you ever seen a vagina by itself? Not for me. Uh, ah! Well, that was fun. I know. Let's 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 do some jokes. <laughs> I know. All right. Are you ready for it? Yeah. What did the hurricane say to the coconut tree? I don't know. Hold on to your nuts. This ain't no ordinary blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna repeat this one because it's I think it's cute. What did the banana say to the vibrator? What? Why are you shaking? She's gonna eat me. <laughs> 
How do you embarrass an archaeologist? <laughs> Ow. Give him or her, but probably him, a used tampon and ask which period it came from. Oh, my God. <laughs> what do you call a lesbian dinosaur? What? Lick a lot of puss. <laughs> I think it's pretty good. It's good. <laughs> What's the best part about gardening? What? Getting down and dirty with your hose. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call someone who refuses to fart in public? A private tutor. <laughs> what did the sanitary napkin say to the fart? Oh, God. You are the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> Thanks for listening to Welcome to My Vagina. It's time for us to slide on out of here. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at Welcome to My Vagina. On Twitter at Welcome to My Vag. Soon to be on Medium. You can donate to us at Patreon, LiberaPay, PayPal, and uh, Venmo at Welcome to My Vagina. Yeah, become a monthly subscriber. Yeah, yeah, go to welcomedbyvagina.com and become a subscriber to our newsletter as mm-hmm. well. You can email us at welcometomyvagina at gmail.com. We like questions and fan art and jingles. And suggestions for future episodes. True. Check out Jesse's awesome videos at on YouTube. Just search for Welcome to My Vagina. Check out Rebecca's awesome writing at franklyrebecca.com. And head on over to morebanana.com to check out all of the awesome projects by our production company. Yeah. And thanks, Kate. Thanks, Kate, for being our amazing, dope-ass fucking producer. (laughs) Cool.